I'm Justin Barsha, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is Heather Kiefer, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Pod show is back, episode 89. One more, and we'll be at 90. 11 more, show 100. What do you think? What are we do for show 100? Um, probably the same thing we do every other show. <laughs> yeah. You don't think McGrath, we can get McGrath, Carmichael, and Villapoto in studio? I think they're waiting, like that's what they're waiting on to be in studio. They asked, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think I may wait till show 200 for that. 200, okay. Yeah. All right, guys, you know, we're brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing fork seals, so ask your local motorcycle shop about Shock Socks. Or go to burnmotorsports.com, follow them on Instagram and Facebook, all the social media sites. If you guys are looking for a new set of graphics, you need to get a shard MX Girl Designs. MX Girl Designs specializes in vintage and modern MX graphics. New and old bikes. She can do pretty much any custom idea you can think of. If you can think it, she can create it at a great price. Contact Charlene at char at mxgirl.com and follow her on Instagram. When riding dirt bikes, protection is key. All sport dynamic wrist braces are the helmet for your wrist. Top riders like Weston Pike, Adam Cincerlo, Joey Sabachi, Alex Ray, and many more, as well as Major League Baseball, NFL, and Pro Bull riders all use all sport dynamics visit motocrosswristbrace.com for info and follow them at wristbraceguy on instagram or email me at darksidemx3 at aol.com our buddy hal simpson's gonna be getting a pair of custom braces real soon doc just got fitted for his three days ago sweet so do i get i wonder if i get commission off that yeah probably not i'll talk to jeff All right, also the Moto X Pod Show is brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. They are riders, racers, and just all-around fans of dirt bikes. Dane, Dane Evans and uh, Amsoil is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. You guys know that Amsoil supports motocross and motorsports in general and is the leader in oil technology. So contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805 531 9551 or at madjackdiesel.shop follow them on facebook at dane amsoil guy and instagram at dane underscore evans 393 as always let them know the motocross the moto xpod show sent you and like we talked about last week our newest sponsor fly racing Woo-hoo. fly racing has been around since 1998 with their all new evolution dst gear the light hydrogen kinetic shield and kinetic noise, mountain bike gear, the new F2 redesigned carbon helmet, uh, F2 helmet with MIPS, professional riders like Zach Osborne, Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Dakota Alex, Benny Bloss, John Short, 
Damon Bradshaw, Josh Grant, and many more all trust Fly Racing. Uh, they're on board, and we're going to have some pretty rad giveaways coming up soon. All right, guys. That's all the commercial reads. Tonight, we've got a great show with main event motos Daniel Blair, the one and only Grant Langston, privateer Tyler Skodras, hope I said that name right, and arena, uh, Nitro Arena Cross's Jay Reynolds. The man in charge. The man in charge. <laughs> So before we get to our first guest, we're going to talk a little bit about Loretta's uh, that just ended this week. I did not get to watch a lot of it, but TJ, I know you did. Uh, yeah, I was pretty well glued to the com- well, not really computer. I had the computer hooked up to the TV in the shop, and I spent basically the whole week working on bikes that should have been at Loretta's, right. <laughs> watching it. Um, it was really, it was really interesting. And I know people, there's certain people out there hate me talking about my kid or whatever, but he's a pretty quick kid, and he would have been, I think, at least up there battling to, you know, towards the front of the classes, I'll put it that way. And um, he was sick. It was just, I was almost heartbroken just watching him watch the races and kids that he knows he can beat that are doing good. And it was a very, it's the first time I've ever had to experience that. And it was, I know it's nothing on the same level, but... Can you imagine, like when we were ta- you and I were talking before we recorded, like Roxanne or or a rider who was at the top of their game or believed that they could win, and then they're sitting around. I understand now why they don't watch the races. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I guess it's <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it was really interesting this year because almost all the classes were like the the winners were like a a, a like they'd go one seven four for the yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really mixed up which is odd because most years that you don't have rain like they I don't, didn't see any mud racing whatsoever you normally don't see the parody that you saw this year which may be really hard for a lot of these teams to pick up riders when nobody hardly anybody was a clear favorite you know right yeah like i said i didn't get to watch a lot of it i just saw some some of our local guys, Michael Keating, did pretty Keating well. Did. I think he got like a ninth overall or something like that. Yeah, he, I think he even, I, I want to say, I thought he got like at least fifth in one moto, if not yeah. even the, the top three in one moto, I thought. But Moeller got, I think, fifth overall yeah. or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Some of the Texas boys did did some damage. Um, he didn't He didn't beat Brownie. Like He was claiming beating Brownie, and he didn't, I don't think he even saw Brownie a, except um, in staging. That's a, that's a hard uh, thing to do. Dude, the best racing and everybody knows that I'm a Barry Karsten fan. The best racing all weekend long was Gruy and Karsten. Every moto, they were almost side by side the whole race. Every moto, it was ridiculous. Like some of the some of the closest, hardest racing was those two old men racing each other. Right. It was awesome. Yeah, I wish I'd got to see some of that. But being at work, all you know, I can't really watch it. When well, I'm it's busy. on Racer TV. So if you wanted go to go and back and and just kind of catch certain motos, you yeah. can do that. It was it was fun to watch. Um. It's I mean, awesome what they do. Our our buddy Ryder D won a couple championships. Yeah, um, I think Carson Mumford maybe won one or two. I know Jet Reynolds was was hurt this yeah, year. Yeah, he was injured. So. And then I, I don't I didn't see how Hunter Yoder did. Just some no. of the kids that we've had on the show. Yeah, I didn't see him either. I um there was a couple kids that, and I'm not gonna throw names out there. There was a lot of kids, a, a big handful of kids that just downright underperformed. Really, like, like. I don't know where they were, guys that that we know personally that are top level kids. I'm not gonna say they're gonna win everything, but they should have been battling in the top five or just way off. I don't. It was just a really weird year this year. 
So next year it'll probably be back to the mud slop fest. Right, right. Yeah, we haven't had hardly any rain in our area in, in a while. They're calling for some this weekend, which is the weekend I was supposed to get to go ride maybe, but it <laughs> looks like I'm going to get rained out. Well, you can ride here. Yeah, I'll be gone, but yeah, you're welcome. Just Y'all just come here and, and throw some laps because the track will be really good if we ever get some rain. Right, well, I'm hoping to go to South Central MX yeah. with Vernon McKitty, but I don't know if that's going to work out. Um, so any, any highlights other than Barry Carson for you for Loretta's? Um, not really. Like I said, I think the highlight was the fact uh, of just every moto. You didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, like there was no, like, I guess they, there was, there was a couple guys that were, that were just unstoppable, but really, truly just the fact that when, when the gate dropped, you didn't know who was going to be leading. You didn't know who right. was going to be, where they were going to be. I think that's really what kind of shocked me, you know, and for the life of me my, and everybody's going to that knows the amateurs they're gonna give me a hard time the the ktm kid i cannot remember his name and i mean i don't i don't think we've even had one to show yet we need to get him on but um he just cleaned up like he was by far the fastest rider he's a b rider and was putting faster lap times than anybody at the ranch really it was it was just it was next level so i yeah, unfortunately, I don't know which one. I yeah. mean, if you said it, I might know him. But if yeah. I said his name, you would know it. Right. But. Well, how about uh, in the professional ranks? A little news that came out this week that Bogle's out for the rest of the season. I didn't hear that. Yeah, I've been like in the shop working. What happened? Uh, he's gonna have surgery to repair, repair some nerve damage in his arm. Oh so, wow! Yeah, he's gonna be out. So you know, hopefully things weren't really going great for him other than the start. So right, maybe whatever's going on. I I, I don't know if this is something new or just something that's well, still that, lingering. I would assume it's something still lingering. That's what I was gonna yeah, ask. It's got to be. Was it somebody like I was that was that was holding him back? Has this been going on? I haven't read a lot about it, man. I've like you. I've had an extremely busy week this last week, so it's been hard to stay in the loop on anything. Right. Pierce Brown is who I was talking oh, about. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah, Pierce Brown was just on fire this cool. week he was really fast so uh swole has had a really good week i mean you uh parker mashburn i think won his first title there yeah yeah i, I heard that i cannot remember what class it was in it was it was in the um 450b limited mm-hmm. he he won that one so um his very first title jesse flock was a little bit off the pace i expected him to be always up there battling and um at 250b i think he went like looking here is six five seven i mean there's just a lot of guys uh, joe schmoto was really fast <laughs> that sounds like a fake name yeah joe schmoto joe schmoto was real okay. fast he's factory honda from right. japan you know but he was real fast the first moto won it and then just did not another kid that i was that's expecting I'm to sorry be i've never heard that name so it's like you, you say hey joe schmo yeah but it's joe schmoto that's funny. Jo- joe schmoto yeah he he was good. There was a lot of, like I said, um, Hayden Deegan won a championship, I believe. Oh yeah, I didn't. I missed yep. that. I missed that one. Then yeah, in the A class, um, it um, Derek Drake was just on another level, another KTM rider. Tanner mm. Stack, I didn't realize he got second. He was kind of just back there. You know what I mean? Right. Tanner Stack wasn't always battling. Uh, another rider that i thought would do good we've had on the show lance kobush oh yeah yeah um he should be turning pro next week and like like looking here i seems think like he's been struggling he has been i don't know what's going on with the five six three he got on the podium that last moto but um yeah uh our local boy zane Merritt. he had just just couldn't put it together had he was fast watching his lap times but just 
getting to the end mm-hmm. with a good result. He right. struggled with that. So I got to get to Loretta's one of these years just to check it out. Well, I told Doc he can't go until he um, earns his way there. So you're kind of a butthole. So I am. I really am. Yeah. yeah so. Well, you want to go ahead and take a break, and we'll come back with Daniel Blair? That sounds like a plan. All right, we'll be back with Daniel Blair. All right, guys, our first guest of the night is brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has uh, been one of the leaders in motocross gear. With their new 2019 Evolution DST gear, the new Kinetic Shield and Kinetic Noise line, they are going to dominate the market. First guest of the night needs no introduction, but he is the host of the Main Event Moto Show. He is a co-host of Race Day Live. He is the 2015 Arena Cross Lights West Championship. He is the owner of Eagle Grit, and he's a team manager for Evan Blair MX. Daniel Blair, what up? Well, you said the most important one last. I'm a Currently a team manager slash agent, <laughs> trainer, father, and disciplinary uh, of a young of a young eight year old kid. So, yeah, that's a full time job, pretty much. Well, it's the most difficult role of all the ones you just listed. It's the one that actually drives me the most nuts. So, um, <laughs> I'm at, and I'm on full blown dad duty right now. So my wife uh, is working right now over the summer. And um, so on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights, I got the kids to myself. Nice. And uh, we're, get, we're getting ready to go riding right now. And my son's nursing a little bit of an injury. He tripped and fell running to the pits last week. <laughs> so, he's got, so he's got – no, I'm dead serious. I'm, I believe I'm you. Not, I'm not even being funny. I'm serious. <laughs> and um, I'm actually bandaging up his leg right now so he could uh, – we can go ride tonight and he could get his gear on. So Heck, yeah. Um, I, hopefully I can do it as good as his mom does. She's pretty decent with the bandage, and uh, I'm doing my thing. So. And you did it really good. Oh, I did get it good, too. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, we I did, did hear that. Yeah. Heck, yeah. We're going to talk to Evan here in a few he minutes. Does that good. Cool, cool. So what's up, guys? How's it, uh, how you doing out there in Texas? We're, we're hot. Yeah, it's it's warm out here right now. Uh, that's good. I mean, that's nothing new, though, right? No, no it's no, normal. No, I've been out in the shop for the past, I guess, two weeks working on building bikes. And getting ready to, you know, do the full blown amateur dad stuff, you know, with a, but my kids hurt with a broke arm, so I thought it was going to save me money. But then my wife's like, "No, we got to go through and rebuild all of his bikes," and I think it cost me more him being hurt right now. So you've been pretty busy, then I take it. Yes, sir. Building three, which three which race would bikes. be which would be the reason you haven't listened to my show in a while. Th- that's the <laughs> that's the only reason why I haven't. I've just been yeah. just Gosh. tied well, up. Let, let's just get into that right now. So before you came on, Daniel. Uh, TJ was asking me like your thoughts on what your plans were basically for Evan for his writing career, quote unquote. And you just did a big show on, on the main event show this last weekend um, and discussing that. But And if anybody missed it, they should tune in. It was great. <laughs> it, it was good. That's, that's, that's the rumor going around. Yeah. <laughs> but why don't you uh, give us just the highlights of, you know, what your thoughts are on, you know, how you want to steer Evan's quote unquote career in moto. Um, well, first off, I, I'm in some uncharted territory right now. I got a, I have an eight year old who rides and races and loves it and tells me every day he wants to be a pro and (laughs) yada, yada, yada. So the problem is for him is his father has been through this and his father went through it kind of rough. Like I'm honestly, I don't, I don't want to revisit every injury. So I get nauseous over here, but I had a, I had a rough go. Like I, a lot of it was self-inflicted, bad decisions. A lot of it was 
um, bad luck, and but most of it was my inability to recognize when the real making it wasn't realistic anymore. I, I mean, I chased this thing with the goal of being a Supercross champion, factory rider, whatever. But right. there, it, it became kind of clear, and looking back now in hindsight, it came kind of clear early that that probably wasn't in the cards. Yeah, I could still race and make a somewhat living, but the living was mostly just to kind of get by year to year. It wasn't. I wasn't going to make a real living and make a life for myself and my family with what I was doing in racing. But at the same time, due to the fact that growing up in amateur racing, I didn't really see anything else as an option. Right. I really zeroed in that this was all I was going to do, which left me pretty high and dry there at my late twenties, early thirties, with without. So, unfortunately for Evan, my son, his dad knows too much um <laughs> that's not so necessarily like I, a, a negative thing that's probably a positive no it, it it isn't and but pretty much i guess the gist of it is is i think that racing is unbelievably awesome for kids it's just i mean what you get out of it and the, and the you know dealing with intense situations problem solving overcoming hurdles i mean there's just so much character to be built in a kid in this sport that i think it can really help you in the rest of your life as long as you don't take the bait and think that this is your life. Right, right. I, now, now, if a kid turns into a psycho freak, um, <laughs> just like has it, right, and has another level of it, um, then that, that'll be exposed. But I don't really think it's really exposed till later in life when the kid's a teenager. And, um, and, and for me, like I said, I'm just going to approach this thing completely different. I'm going to approach it in a sense where we're going to do this as fun. Uh, we're going to be competitive. We're going to treat it serious on the day-to-day, -day, mm -hmm. but really never zero in as this being like the thing that he's going to do in his life. And you're going to be a pro, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to make it. It's not going to be like that. It's going right. to be – I'm going to use the sport to help him make it in life. And if he makes it in racing, it's going to be because of some astronomical great circumstances that are exposed in, in his teenage years. So that's kind of the gist of it. I mean, if you want to get the dirty details – you can listen to Main Event Moto episode 93 and you can hear all of it, but that's that's Absolutely. pretty much where it is. Yeah, and a lot of that is kind of what I did the same thing. I told my kid that I'll pay for his racing until he gets on 250s and that when I buy him a 250, that'll be the last bike I buy him and he's on his own after that. And then he got a local shop liked his liked his riding like that and they helped him out and he went and got a job and bought a bike and and started doing the work himself and then he got an opportunity to go live at a training facility but work to earn his place there i don't pay for it he pays for it by weed eating and mowing and doing all that stuff and 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 i've always said the kids you never know what they're going to do until their balls drop till they get old enough to hit puberty <laughs> dead on yeah. that couldn't be a more accurate statement because i swear i, I truly believe that before that day happens, you're not even like a real person yet all the right, way. You're yeah. just a kid. You're kind of scatterbrained. You're running around, whatever. When that day happens, that's when you start getting an idea of who this person's going to be forever. And that's why I think it's just silly to to be all in until that day happens, until yeah. you know. I mean, th think of the hundreds of thousands of dollars that you could spend getting little, little Johnny ready to be a superstar, and then he turns 14 – you know, and, you know, just yep. goes to the movie and does his, you know, gets his first little, what, I don't yeah. know, you know what I'm yeah. saying. Girl, gets, girls. Ha, ha, yeah, yeah has, has his first little uh, fun session with a, with a girl, and <laughs> guess what? His priorities completely shift, and yeah. now you wasted $300,000 just making the kid 
I'm fast and popular, but he's going to use that speed and popularity to get chicks, not to make it in the sport. <laughs> but, hey, so I'll give you, I'll give you a little <laughs> bit. Of a I'll give you a little bit of a warning, though. What what happened with my son was he started putting the work in, like literally putting the work in, where he was working and doing it himself. And now I'm at the point now, I can't stop paying for it because the kid's working so hard to try to achieve his goals, and I'm super cheap. Yeah, I hate. It. I hate <laughs> he's, every, he's a Wygant for sure. I hate every penny I spend on it, but the kid really genuinely does work hard. He's he won Daytona a couple of classes, won Freestone a couple of classes, and at, at all the nationals, he's he's got a couple of championships. But he's earned it, and so I got to keep paying for it, and it's horrible. Yeah, and then that's yeah, how old is he? He's he'll turn eighteen in December. Oh, that's a completely different world. Then now you're talking about a, a young kid turning into an adult yes. who obviously loves it enough to where he's willing to work. He's not looking for dad to just front the bill. And I mean, I I I, I just I I firmly believe that there is no such thing as an amateur career right. until they're a teenager. Before that, there's amateur racing, right? For sure, and and of course, you want to get your kid out there and put him in uh, all the different scenarios and the different environment to make him ready for that year when when he becomes a teenager. But I, I just I, I I can't I can't let him think the way I thought growing up, where this is me, this is all I ever dreamed about my whole life. For me, he's got to have a lot of avenues. He's got to focus on a lot of different things, racing is going to be part of it, but it's not going to be the thing. And yeah. that way, that way it's, it's like having one foot in the door, one foot out the door. And, and, and it, to me, I believe that that's just a safer route because the last thing I want to do is end up like me where he's pretty, pretty good, but not good enough to make it, but never spent one day thinking about an alternative. And that's yeah. just, I, I can't do that. And, and I see a lot of people doing that and I just stop my place to pull people over at the track and be like, Hey, I, you know, it's not right, my place, right. but hopefully, Hopefully through the podcast, talking to you through my own show, hopefully I can influence some people out there to realize that this is the in the entire world if used correctly. And if uh, if little Johnny's a freak show, well, he'll show you when he's a teenager, and that's when it matters anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to re- respond to something you said about making it quote unquote, and you know, I mean, you you there's only a very very small percentage of guys that are the Eli's, the McGrath, the Carmichael's. But you know, you did make it to a degree, Daniel. I mean, you're being a good parent with your son, and I and I know I think what you're doing is the smart thing. But you had a pretty good career. I mean, you were one of the top riders. You you got a factory ride, or you know, with Geico, if you want for a little while, you won a championship. I mean, you still did something that is a very high percent, that a very low percentage of people actually accomplish. Yeah, and, I, and I'm proud of that. Um, and the, I guess it just comes down to the different levels of making it. You know what yeah. I mean? For me, the, for me, making it in this sport would be making it to where you can retire because nobody really races. I mean, that's your Chad Reed or Brayton. You're not really racing into your 30s. So this isn't like a real job. This sure, isn't something sure. that you can do till you're 65 and then retire. In this sport, if you want to retire and really be set, you have to make it to that very, very top level and sustain it for multiple years. But then you go down the line. I mean, I mean, there's an argument to be made. Did Jake Weimer, Brock Tickle, Will Hahn make it? Yes, they won championships. They achieved incredible things, but they're not even 30 yet, and they're going to get a job. So, yeah. I, I, like I said, that for me, I definitely feel like I made it as far as I did become a pro. Um, I had some highlights. Hey, Danny, you're breaking I, I up. Did. You're breaking up real bad. Do you have a better, a little bit better spot? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I can't. I'm trying to get away from my kids. They're chasing me around the house. <laughs> um, well, they're not going to bother us. 
Yeah, they're bothering me, and then I can't talk. But um, no, like I said, I, I there's different levels of what making it is. Yeah, and I do believe to some degree I did make it because I accomplished things that are you know pretty. I mean, I'm very very proud of. But at the same time, I'm in my mid 30s now, and I'm you know I wasted maybe 10 to 15 years that I could have been my life together, and and it's just my way of looking at it. Like sure. I said, I'm proud, but at the same time, I there's a lot of suffering along the way. Um, and, and I don't want that for my son. And I think it's just kind of approaching it at you where you use what you can out of the sport. You give yourself a little bit of a chance, but you never really commit full time because you don't want to brainwash the kid into thinking that he's going to make it. Uh, and then he's 27 years old and he's traveling on the country in a van with his buddies and <laughs> and when really you maybe should be getting your life together right you know i would say 21 22 like if these guys if you haven't made it at, if you're not really if the trajectory is not leading you up to the top and you're 21 years old you might want to consider plan b uh getting it started yeah so i have a question for you uh, under those same i guess logic or whatever where do you throw in the guys like osborne amart pike um the Nicoletti, even guys that are kind of having a second wind of a career where they struggled unbelievably hard and were almost nobodies for a long time to come out to be like factory riders. I mean, I guess that's the hard part as a parent. What do you tell your kid? Hey, you're never going to make it. And if somebody would have convinced one of those guys that they would have got a job and not been where they are. No. And I agree. And there is always going to be a certain percentage, uh, that are the outlier that kind of break the mold. And Weston Pike and Alex Martin, I mean, those are probably your two best examples because these are guys that started out as privateers and it took a couple of years to really get the traction. I mean, they, they didn't go from privateer to factory in a year or two. It took a while. And I would say the majority of the time, that scenario is not going to work out. But you have a few of these individuals that kind of can break the mold. And, and what I did see from them, if you look back in their career, they always were getting better, even when they didn't really have it all the way together yet. It yeah. was getting better. I mean, hey, and if, if you're a 21-year-old kid right now and you're racing Supercross, if you got 18th in points in 2016, then next year you got 14th, and the next year you got 11th, well, that tells me maybe you are a year or two away. Maybe you will be a late bloomer. Maybe mm -hmm. give it another year or two. But as soon as you plateau or as soon as you start going backwards and it's not injury-related, but it's just because maybe you've reached the max of your potential – that might be time to, to, you know, call it game over or at least bring in some education, uh, go back to school, you know, maybe do yeah. it on the side because you still love it. But that is when it's time to start maybe having the realization that, look, you're not really getting any better anymore. You don't really have any excuses. Um, it might be time to look at the reality is, is that you're, you're putting yourself at a heavy risk and you're not really making any money and you're not showing the signs that the next step is coming. So right. I like that with Pike, with Pike and Alex Martin, you're talking about two guys that just chipped away at the old Oak tree. Uh, and then when they did get that support, following people recognize that, man, these guys are pretty good. I wonder what would happen. Everything changed for them. But I, I think it's these teams, they're not that stupid. They can right. see, they can tell when someone's got something, they can tell when they are the missing link for this guy's career um, and if you can't get in there with, I think two, three, maybe four years, then they, they know, they know that you don't have that extra little something. And that's when it's time to maybe explore a backup plan. Makes sense. I mean, I think your theories are usually pretty good other than like the 24 and 0 theories. Those aren't theories, dark side. <laughs> Those are statements made in impulsive moments. All right. right it's I not, 
Okay. Oh, uh, by the way, you you do know the Cowboys and Niners are playing each other Thursday, right? It's here in my notes, man. I hadn't gotten to it yet. Okay. It's right. coming. It's coming. So hey, let's change gears just a little bit. Are you still on the no social media program? Uh, it's been exactly a week, seven days. Okay. I have not checked my Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter in a week, and I don't feel like turning back, dude. Honestly, I feel better. Well, who's going to retweet this for me then? I mean, I tagged you, and there's no retweets from Daniel Blair. Um, <laughs> I can give you my login information, and you oh, can do it. Please do. Oh, do not do that. <laughs> do not there do that. absolutely no way in hell I would do that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm assuming though you know about uh, Justin Bogle, correct? Yeah, I still um, I still talk to people, and yeah. I still occasionally go on uh, the infamous VitalMX.com from okay. time to time. I'm a Vitard um, myself. I I'm I'm not, but I go on there every <laughs> once in a while, just when I'm like, huh, I wonder if there's anything that's new breaking news because I get my breaking news from Twitter, and yeah. now that I don't, well, then I go in there. So I go on there a little bit just periodically, but I did see that he is out. And um, that's yeah, I I don't and that I mean obviously he hasn't had the worst twelve months in a writer's history, but man, I, I don't pretty close. pretty close, man. That guy, and you know what? I really feel bad for him too because a lot of people are wondering why the results are the way they are, mm-hmm. and you guys need to realize that guy had three unbelievably bad crashes all in the period of about what three months? Yeah, not just one, right? Three. And which one of those three was his fault? And, and, and as far as getting landed on, I mean, there's, of course, you can, you can argue it certain directions, but let's just yeah. be clear. Those were freak deals. All three of them were not normal deals. They weren't from him doing anything belligerently um, stupid. I mean, those were three really, really horrible deals. And then I give him credit for having the guts to come back, pull whole shots, throw yourself on TV and get work like that. I give the guy a lot of credit. I, I like his character. Unfortunately, this sport chews people up and spits them out. I don't know yep. what his plan is in the future. But, man, I, I have a lot of respect for him because I can tell you right now, if I wasn't feeling it, there's no way in hell that I'm getting a whole shot six times, throwing <laughs> right. myself in front of the field like a like a like you know a sheep with wolves behind you um, <laughs> on national TV and doing that unless the guy really did care. It just wasn't working out. And I, and I, I think – I don't know what his plan is, but, God, I hope that he – can realize that it might take some more time, but he could still be something in this. Because I, I, I'm a big believer in him. I really yeah. like him. Yes. Um, but, but his heart. Yeah, big time. You don't, you don't do that if your heart's no, not into it. No. So I, I, I respect him. And but we got to watch him. We got to watch him grow up riding because he's. They're not from that far from us, so they. He hit a lot of the the races when he was an amateur on 80s and stuff like that around here too. So. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm bummed. Right. Uh, I hope that this isn't like, well, it's over because I, I don't think the talent's gone. I just think that the program's gone. I mean, it's been so long, and, you know, he, he, he might need some time. I, whatever. I mean, I, I think that there could be a resurgence there, a Dean Wilson-type story where he might need to just get himself right. Um, he obviously doesn't have a problem getting whole shots, so he's going to give himself the opportunity to, to be up there, but he's got to get right. I, I, he's he's not right right now. Yeah, I agree. All right, Daniel, here's the tough question. 2019's not far away. Arena Cross is gone for the moment anyway. Dark side, I don't know the schedule. Don't question <laughs> me on the schedule. No, I want to know. I mean, what does your 2019 look like? Do we know is is Supercross coming back to Fox? Do we know that? Or are you, I mean, what, what does it look like so far for you? You're you're a pretty good journalist <laughs> asking me that question. 
Um, I'll be honest with you. Here's some here's some straight honesty. I do know the schedule. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, I can't reveal it. I do know the schedule. Um, I do know that they are working behind the scenes to obviously the TV thing. Everyone knows that that deal's up, and I know they're working on that. I don't know anything past that. Okay. I, that, that is that is the end game for my knowledge. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what my plan is because obviously race day live and my role as the floor commentator are very dependent on what happens there first. I yeah. mean, it's, I'm down. It's down. This is my job is down the line of the important decisions. <laughs> so I think that ultimately that's that's got to come out first. Is is where they end up there, and once that happens, then I think a lot of things can speed up. But from what I understand, um, they're they're just they're trying to get that knocked out, and I'm like everybody else. I'm patiently and anxiously waiting. And my role, I think, will be dependent on some of the things that happen, but they won't be decided until things start, you know, the dominoes start falling. So, so, so have you heard anything? Are they going to step up the, like, the amateur day program? That I have heard. Um, I, From what I understand, they're supposed to have eight of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, unfortunately, I can't reveal the fact that I know where those are, too. Right. Obviously, I have an eight-year-old, and we're going to do some of them, so I had to know, and I bugged him. And called him and emailed him and seriously, I haven't even asked him about me next year. I literally asked like, "Hey, where's the amateur date at?" <laughs> That's what that, because that, uh, I, yeah. I got to plan. I got to plan the family trips. Right. Uh, but I know that that is stepping up. It's a huge priority. Um, you know, I everyone. There's a lot of people bummed that Arena Cross is gone. But what people need to realize is that Arena Cross might be gone, but their investment in amateur racing and the growth of the sport at that level is just transferring from the arenas to the stadiums. They're it's in fact I, I I'm I'm bummed about Arena Cross. I definitely am. But at the same time, I understand what they're doing, and I think it's one of those things where it might be one step back, five steps forward. Where yeah, we're all going to be bummed about you know the the availability for amateur day racing and Arena Cross. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to end up being a better move long term, just because we're going to be able to get these kids all on Supercross tracks early, and I think it'll make them smarter racers, safer racers. I think maybe 10, 15 years down the line things could be a little bit safer because that guys are going to have more experience on the actual tracks and in the environment of what they're going to someday race. So I'm a hundred percent like all about it. Um, bummed that arena cross is gone, obviously, but I, I but I understand the direction and um, I know they're investing a lot into the amateur day. It's going to be, I mean, they're, I mean, I've heard some ideas that they even have with it that are really awesome. And I, and I think it's going to end up being pretty cool. Well, we have tonight, we have Jay Reynolds coming on later on in the show. Who's the owner of the nitro arena cross. And I just yeah. think I just think those series, the Nitro, the Kicker, there's a couple of the ones that run through kind of the middle of the United States, and I'm sure y'all have series out there. I think those series will just step up, and the guys who want to go make some money, you know, during the off season, can just hit those races. And I think that'll be, in a way, may sound kind of crazy, but probably good for everybody. Well, I, what could happen, I don't, I don't know, but maybe those series just maybe start getting a little bit more attention now, mm-hmm. yeah. and and they maybe do hit different markets where guys can get out there and you know maybe in places that the Arena Cross series didn't go, and maybe they'll, maybe those series do grow. I, I don't know if one will replace Arena Cross as the one, right? But maybe all of those do get a little bit of boost, and and people do get to race in more markets and. Um, you know, and I think it's rad. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of dirt bike racing. So if yeah. they got racing and it's growing, then I, I love it. So, um, you know, I, I hope that those series do well. And, and like I said, continue to go into new markets where young kids at five, six, seven, eight years old can get on these tracks and spark an interest and turn this into something that, like I said in the beginning, can be very useful uh, in developing their character for the rest of their life. But as long as people understand that 
I just think there needs to be more education on there on what making it really is in the sports so that parents, for the most part, don't put so much pressure on these little kids to get the kind of results that they need to make it. Treat the sport for what it is. It's it's awesome. But maybe just live in a little bit more reality of, of the outcomes, and um, I think everybody will be for the better. I, I totally agree. All right, let's go. Let's get into some football real quick. Thursday night, preseason doesn't mean shit unless the Niners win, then it matters. Um, so what, honestly, what are your thoughts on the preseason coming up and what your team is going to do this year? Uh, so as far as preseason goes, this is weird, but I actually like the preseason just as much as the regular season because I love the offseason type stuff, the free agency, the draft. I'm, I'm real nerdy with that stuff. I love that. So I know, like right now, I can name all 90 players on the Cowboys roster. Good Obviously, God. it's going to be, it's going to be, I know, it's whatever. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> laugh at wait, that wait 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 side. so the guy in california is the cowboys fan and the dude here in texas is the niners fan yes all right just making sure yeah i know um but anyway so i i like the preseason because this is the chance to watch uh you know the third string fourth string guys that are trying to make a roster sure and um and i listen to a lot of podcasts about the cowboys so obviously i, I i'm kind of I'm into what's going on over there, and for me, I can't wait to watch the game so I can see the third-string running running backs and fifth-string wide receiver and see, you know, some of these guys are fighting for their lives, man. We're talking about guys that are on the brink of being nothing on the couch, like not even allowed to participate, or yeah. being on um, an NFL roster and making, I mean, really good money. I mean, there's guys that are literally one play away from it going one way or the other, and I, I dig that. Like, it's... I'm fascinated by that, and I, I, I mean, it'd be like if there was like a bunch of privateer Supercross races, and only one guy gets the opportunity to go race um, at Anaheim. You know, sure. and to yeah, me, yeah. I, I just I'm fascinated by the guys that are close, and that are like on the brink of you know making an NFL roster. I think it's I think it's sick. Yeah, I agree. I love watching Hard Knocks every year to to see all that, the the stuff, the inner, um, the behind the scenes stories of those guys. Yeah, one of the one of the streaming services, I think maybe Hulu or Netflix, somebody is following the Cowboys off season or something. You know what I'm talking about? Um, the Cowboys. It'd be that all or nothing series, but that yeah. was last year. I think oh. you're talking about. Yeah, TJ knows yeah. nothing about stick and ball sports uh, whatsoever. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. All right, well, I, I he doesn't. Okay, unfortunately, he, he doesn't. I know I know ten times more about football than I know about dirt bikes. <laughs> I'm like. I have a problem. Like I need to see a doctor, man. I'm like obsessed with it. <laughs> well, hey, Daniel. Um, we're, before we wrap this up, let's. Uh, is Evan around? Where we can ask him a couple questions? Yeah, let me. Uh, let him. Let me grab him for you. All right. And this. I don't know why I'm letting this happen. Here we go. He's about to be famous. <laughs> hey, Evan. This is Dark Side. What's up, buddy? What's up? So I want to ask you a couple questions about motocross. My first question is, what is your favorite thing about racing dirt bikes? Mm, having fun. That's a good answer. So sometimes your dad on his radio show says that, you know, sometimes Evan gets a little upset when he doesn't do well or isn't winning. Do you still have fun, though? Like, you know, maybe you don't, maybe, you're not, maybe you're not happy that you didn't win, but when you get up the next morning and you're thinking back on the race, did you have fun? Yeah, but if I'm ever in last place or second last place, um, I'm going to lose it. This is how <laughs> I get on already. 
Well, you got to understand, Evan, sometimes losing and not doing well is, is it's building character, which you probably don't know what that means, but it's making you understand that not not everything is always goes the way you want it to, but as long as you're having fun and you work hard and you listen to your dad and what he's teaching you, you're going to get better and better and it's going to be more and more fun. Yeah. So, do you know, do you understand how good your dad was on a motorcycle when he was younger? He was a champ. That's right. Good answer. You're a smart kid. So, what's your favorite track? Um, Probably Prairie City. Prairie City. Is that where you're going to practice tonight? Yeah. You going to do some sick scrubs? No. No scrubs. Okay. No scrubs. Little whips. Little whips. All right. That's awesome. Well, hey... Um, we don't have a whole lot of time tonight to finish this, but the next time you race, I'd like you to come back on here and tell us how your race went. Okay. All right, Evan, you go out there, listen to your dad and listen to your mom. They know what they're talking about and just have fun. Got it. Okay, Evan, I'll be, I'll be following you. Well, you know, I was going to say I'd follow you on your Instagram that your dad did, but he doesn't do that anymore. So you, uh, yeah, the next time you race, tell your dad that dark, you need to call dark side and tell him how it went. Got it. Okay, Evan. Be safe, and uh, let me holler at your dad again real quick. Okay, bye. Bye, homie. All right, kids. Come on, let's go. We're rocking out the door, guys. We're on our way to Prairie City, so that's actually uh, Hangtown. Um, yeah, yeah. It's the Hangtown National, but it's actually Prairie City. Here, Lena, carry this. Um, it's They call it Prairie City the rest of the year, and they built a arena cross track, like a little mini supercross track, and uh, we go there – Twice a week, probably. Heck yeah. And um, yeah, he definitely likes it. That's where he can do his little whips. That's awesome. He, yeah, he, he's a good little interview already. He's been, hey, I'm, I'm training him at that too. I, <laughs> right I, <on>. I, <laughs> I'm training him all the things that matter writing, interviews, and Dallas Cowboys. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, we'll work on that one. But yeah, we're going to let you go. We got Grant Langston coming up. You guys go have fun and be safe. Hey, when you talk to Langston, let him know that Daniel says code red. Code red. Okay. It's he'll, in my notes. He'll know, he'll know what that is. Code red. It's in my notes. All right, DB. All right, thanks guys. for taking some time tonight, buddy. Anytime. Later. All right. We'll see you. Bye. All right. We'll, uh, I think the, I think his kid's a better interview than him as far as. <laughs> <laughs> Devin no. was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This, that's I it. Love He's just awesome. To kids, man. Yeah. The kids are, are fun because they just don't. They don't know to care, if that makes yeah, yeah. sense. Yeah, so they just open it and have he fun. Said no scrubs. No scrubs, little whips. Little whips. I loved it. That was <laughs> awesome. That needs to be a t-shirt. No scrubs, little whips. I like that. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be back with Grant Langston. All right, we are back with our next guest, who is brought to you by All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. All Sport Dynamics are the wrist braces are the helmets for your wrist. Top riders like Weston Pike, Adam Cincerillo, Joey Savacci, and even Alex Ray where major league baseball players, NFL players, and pro bull riders all trust all sport dynamics. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com for more info. So our next guest of the night is the one and only Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship TV commentator, multi-time Supercross champion, outdoor champion, world champion, owner of Langston Motorsports, Grant Langston. GL, how are you tonight? I'm good, gents. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, man. We're just uh, kind of bummed out about a weekend with no racing. You're probably pretty stoked to get to stay home. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It, it, it was nice. It's, um, you know, because obviously during the summer, being gone all uh, during the week, uh, sorry, weekends, 
it allows uh, some time, uh, you know, to hang out with the kids during the week, during their summer break. But then it was nice to just do a few things on weekends because most normal people work <laughs> work right. during the week. So, right. uh, you know, just uh, family and all that and uh, catching up with some friends. And um, it was nice. It was just nice because it, the back from the West Coast to the East Coast travel week in, week out, um, <laughs> you start battling to lose, you know, getting your sleeping pattern going. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly, it's nice every now and then, but, uh, yeah, just three left to go. So not a lot more traveling, I guess, for a little while. Yeah, that seems to be everybody we talk to is biggest, you know, I guess it's the biggest complaint is the travel. It's very difficult. You know, we don't get to make very many of the races, maybe two or three nationals and two or three supercrosses a year. So it's always new for us. But, yeah, you guys get burnt out, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of that's why a lot of these riders nowadays, at some point, you know, when when they're sort of a West Coast swing, they're based in, you know, California, and then when there's an East Coast swing, a lot of them are in Florida. So, yeah. uh, you know, they get used to the time zone and all that. And I remember <laughs> when when I was racing, that was something that actually helped out a lot with travel because, you know, going from Florida to Unadilla really wasn't a big deal, but from California to Unadilla, that's a Full day's trek and uh, three-hour time change. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Travel for a lot of, especially for even just the teams. You know, the the, the personnel, the the mechanics, the, the the crew chiefs, the suspension techs, engine guys, team managers. You know, those guys they don't do West Coast or East Coast or you know, it's straight thirty races in about you know in a season. You know, if you take seventeen Supercross, twelve outdoors, and Monster Cup. And who knows, they probably have to go to some other event and function or, you know, if it's a Japanese brand, they might have to go to Japan. If it's right. an Austrian brand, they might have to go to Europe. So then their rider wants to go to Bercy or Australia, <laughs> or, you know. So, yeah. yeah, for a lot of guys, that's, that, and I think that's what's also um, contributed, in my opinion, to why you see in, in recent years riders retiring at younger ages. I think because they just get burnt out quicker. Yeah, yeah, like I can RV. See that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, RV was definitely burnt out for sure. I think you know, but I even think from Carmichael, you know, I think he was one of those guys where people were like, "Wait, you're retiring?" And he's just like, "I gave it everything," but you know, I'm kind of just burnt out. There's nothing left to motivate me, sort of thing. And and you can respect that. He had ten incredible seasons, but uh, you know, he retired at a pretty good young age. It wasn't because of injuries or couldn't find a ride or anything. It was right. just. You know, and then and and you see since then, even just you know young kids coming out of amateurs, you know a lot of them are almost failing before they have a chance to succeed. So I don't know. There's something um, you know. Obviously, there's a lot of racing, and and that's part of the sport. But there's also uh, there's also something I think that needs to uh, help this uh, one transition and two to keep the longevity of riders involved in the sport. Absolutely. Well, you were talking about the amateurs there, and this week the reason for the break was the biggest amateur race. And I, yep. I have kind of reg- I hate having to say this, but I haven't even looked. Did, did you ever get a chance to come over to do Loretta's and all that stuff as an amateur? No, I've, I've never been there. I've never been there. And then, So was there some kind of big amateur series or something over in South Africa or in that? Yeah. I mean, was, was yeah, it? Yeah, they were. They- Go ahead. There was that. There was that sort of. Uh, they used to basically have regional racing, and then they would have where they would, because there we had provinces, not states. So they call it the interprovincial, which means 
the top riders from the different states would all meet up and they would have, um, I'm trying to remember, they would have a couple a year and uh, that was sort of the who's who. Um, so yeah, it was sort of similar, um, but, but, but on a much smaller scale. Well, I know like now a lot of the young talent from around the world work their way over here to do that, to do Loretta's. I mean, was that something yeah. that y'all talked about, thought about when you were younger or? Um, yes. And truthfully, the reason we didn't do it was because, um, we just, my family didn't have the finances to come all the way from South Africa to come and do a qualifier or a couple of qualifiers, you know, fly back and then come yeah. back and do Loretta's. Yeah. So in fact, in, in 90, uh, shoot, 95 or 96, I did the world minis in, in Vegas. Cause you know, from our understanding, that was kind of arguably, the next, you know, it was that and, and Minio's, yeah. but uh, Minio's didn't work because it was the same as our last national in South Africa. So we actually came out and did the world minis in Vegas. Um, but if Loretta's was something you could just enter and line up and race, I would have certainly done that one. Yeah, that would have been rad. But like I, we live in Texas, which isn't very far from there. And hell, I can't afford to go for a week and do that. So I can't imagine what it would cost to come from South Africa. Yeah, with a crappy exchange rate. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Grant, uh, how, you're doing the commentating. You know, how do you, how do you like that? I mean, is that really something that you, do you really love it? Is it something that you can see yourself doing for the next any number of years? Is is it something you want to just keep doing? Um. Well, to answer the first part of your question, um, I, I feel like I do enjoy it now. Um. When when I got into it, it was one of those things where it was an opportunity that was sort of presented, um, and that and that was even before doing the outdoor nationals. It was uh, basically the, the TV side of things started with uh, Feld and then doing uh, Arena Cross, right? And then from there, so when that came along, it was kind of like, to be honest, I, I didn't feel that much pressure with Arena Cross because I, you know, I don't. I know I might offend a couple of people. I'm like, oh, there's not many people that watch that. So, you know, it's it's not high pressure, whatever. Cool, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot, see how it goes, feel it out. And then and then it kind of led to, to the national. And that point was like, okay, you know, wow, that's kind of a cool opportunity, is, you know, to, to talk about motocross, something that I'm obviously also passionate about. And that was the next step. And, um, and then when I got into nationals, I don't know, I felt... I just almost felt the pressure for, for once. And, um, yeah, I, I, I try to watch the races back right. to, you know, learn and critique yourself. And, man, I got really disappointed, self-conscious, pissed off, all those things. And, and I actually stopped watching, and I, and I wanted to quit. And uh, it, was, it was my girlfriend that tried to, you know, coach me through it and calm me down because I was, I was just, I don't know, I was just, I hated hearing myself and I, all I heard was all my little mistakes. Right. I hear something and go, Oh, it didn't come out how I wanted it to. Or I was cut off. We went to a commercial, you know, and all these things are going and I really took it to heart. And then I feel like I didn't enjoy it. I was stressed out. Oh, wow. And, um, so for, it took a while, you know, year one was horrible. I actually almost debated not coming back, but I had, you know, a few people kind of talk me into it and just say, don't be so hard on yourself. You know, no one's perfect, but we think you're doing a good job. 
And year two was a little easier. Well, year two was also uh, year three was a little easier. Last year wasn't too bad. And then I feel like this year, I feel a little more um, relaxed and to that point now where I do enjoy it. Um, you know, with with the power of social media, everyone's got an opinion, and everyone's sure. no one's going to like everything you say, and you can't please everyone. So I've had to try just you know accept. There's always going to be people that are going to you know something negative to say whatever whatever maybe you said something about their buddy or their favorite rider right, or whatever right. you know or maybe they just don't like you maybe they don't like south africans or, <laughs> or accents i don't know it could be a magnitude of things so um but i feel like at least the general core seem to like it and that makes me sleep at night so i feel like that made it easier to go and do the job and now feel like you know i enjoy it yeah, and I'm going to disagree with your your opinion of yourself on the first season because I thought it was fantastic. I loved how raw it was. I loved that you were just a normal guy, a racer, talk like me and TJ Harewood or whatever. You, you gave your <laughs> opinions. You said things that were – I was like, ooh, I don't know you know, if the network's going to like that, but I liked it, you know? Yeah. I thought it was awesome, and I even – I remember responding. I think I said something on Twitter way back then, and you even – you, you kind of said thank you or whatever because I thought it was – I think you are you were a fresh – a breath of fresh air. Oh, I, thank you. And uh, I appreciate that. You know, I think for me it's um, – one thing is for sure with TV, it's not – People ask me, is it scripted? Right. Have you been on coaching? This and that. I'm like, that's me being me. I said, taking out, you know, maybe a few swear words. That's pretty much what I would <laughs> right, say, right. you know, if I was describing that. I'm like, you know, get get several drinks down my throat. And it'd be a little more, you know, comedy. But oh, yeah. anyway, we, it's we like. We heard you on Pope. <laughs> it's one of those things where, um, you know, Obviously, the networks, they're always... Uh, I, I feel like these days that they're just uh, also walking that line of they don't want to offend too many people, meaning if you're the voice of the series, they don't want you to offend people. So, you know, they, they certainly don't want you making jokes and that, which is sort of my part of my personality. So um, it's a little more, you know, keeping it a little more, as I would say, corporate. And um, But, you know, just trying to, just trying to add to the... And, you know, an analysis of the the race, you know, with yeah. what I think the guy's thinking or what I think might happen or where he's going. And, you know, anytime you do those sort of predictions, you're going to be wrong <laughs> many a time, but, you know, you're also going to be right many a time. And it's, it's kind of sometimes fun to, you know, call the race and see how it's going to go and unfold. So, and working with Jason is also, he's a, he's really good at what he does. Absolutely. Uh, right. There's, so, a, there's a lot going on, and um, he kind of he kind of coordinates it pretty well, and and um, I think he also kind of makes me look, you know, better than I would if I was with someone that just didn't have that sort of uh, charisma and character to kind of lead you into, you know, doing your job, which is sort of get a little more in depth than what happened or what's happening. So as you were learning all this, and I've done a uh, bunch of race announcing through the years, and then we do the show here, but we don't have somebody in our ear constantly telling us stuff. I was going to ask about, uh, about dealing with that, dealing with that on a, regular, on a regular basis, just having somebody talking to you while you're in the middle of talking. I think I may turn around and stab somebody if that was happening in the meeting. It's hard. It's, it is hard. It's, 
it, 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 when people say, what's the hardest thing? Sometimes I think about it, I'm like, no, I know what it is. It's trying to, because I can't listen and then continue my thought. Right. So it's one of those things. If I'm listening to the producer, I almost just stop talking because I can't do both or I have to tune him out <laughs> to finish what my sentence. I know what I'm talking about. And then I didn't know what he said. <laughs> I'm missing out on the fact that he just said we've got to go to a commercial break because I tuned him out. Right. But it is what it is. You know, it's, it is it is that old saying. It's a little tougher than you realize at times. But, you know, if it was easy, anyone could do it. And, um, yeah, I think after doing this stuff for a few years um, and having a lot of the similar people around, you kind of get a flow for it too and how the show is going to go and what you got to get in there. Like you almost... Like the first year around, it was like, they're like, okay, here's a list of our sponsors we're going to plug throughout the four-hour show. And my first thought was, geez, we got a lot of sponsors (laughs) in great shape. Right. (laughs) And then, then, you know, and then you just, so I kept thinking, okay, I got to say this and this and this. Like everything's got a name. And and I get that. It's all what helps uh, make the sport happen. But when you're not used to it the first time around, it's just, it's almost overwhelming. Oh, I can Whereas imagine. now I'm almost like, Oh yeah. Yeah. KT and Keith motor. Yeah. We'll knock that out. Yeah. we got Geico. we got this, we got Garmin. we got motorsport.com. Also, we got this, we got that. We got, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. Remember all that. Got it locked in the vault. This is the second year with the NBC gold program, which I think was one of the most genius ideas in our sport in the last, 15 years probably i wish supercross would do something like this how has that changed for you because i, I assume now you you didn't talk during the commercials before probably and the th- one thing no. i don't like is every once in a while when you're in a commercial break and you guys are talking about what maybe a fortner crash or something that's happened when you come back from the break from the commercial break for regular tv viewers you kind of kind of back up the video footage every once in a while yeah exactly and then you have to say yep. everything again how difficult is yep. that? And, 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 you know, what do you think about now you talk, you're probably talking another 30 minutes per moto. That's not right. Another 30 minutes per race or so. Well, it's, it's not even so much the talking, but like you said, yeah, when, when, when as they call it resetting or moving the Island is, you know, especially through an NBC show, um, you know, the majority of the viewers are still on TV so if something spectacular happens while you're watching on the NBC Gold app, but there is commercial break, there's a good chance they're going to back it up. Mm-hmm. And when you said, how difficult is that? You feel kind of corny, but at times you almost want to go and go, man, he might just tuck the front end the way he's pushing it because you know he's going to fall. <laughs> so you, you almost want to take a cheap shot and, get a, and make, go, ah, oh, sword coming. Oh, oh, I love God. that. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. the, hard part, the hardest part is to try and not milk it but and then also act surprised. Yes. Yeah, because like, we just saw it. So we know what happened. So I never it, thought it, about it that. Is, it, 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 it is the, that is the one, you know, and people like, Oh, you know, this or that. That's sort of the one time where you do have to sort of fake the emotion if you've already seen it. And so, but here's the other, here's the other side. Majority of your fans just would never see it then. So, you know, what do you do? Yeah. yeah. If you're in the TV world. So I get why they do it, but it is one of those things where, um, I had someone, I had some people tweeting going, 
Yeah, they he keeps screwing up, so they have to redo it. Oh. I'm like, no, no, it's not me, buddy. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I all I definitely have wondered about that, but like I said, I'm very thankful for this app because man, it's just being able to watch it at any time and watch it in HD and uh, you know the only you can't pause it really during live TV or you can't back up during on the app during live. But that's yeah, other exactly. than that, though, it's it's pretty amazing and. Um, how about the word of the day that we does every week? Do you know what the word of the day is going in, or is that something that you just kind of don't even worry about? Because you've picked no. up on it a few times. A couple of times I've heard, I can tell, like, you have to know that that's what the word is. Well, that was at times when they came in and were like, this is what the word is. But Weed usually gets it, and to be honest at this point i'll let him work on getting the word in i'm not that bothered about it <laughs> well we're we're big pulp. i got other things to worry about <laughs> sure we're big pulp fans here so like i look for it i try to find out what the word of the day is ahead of time and then i'm listening for it and it's 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 kind of a game for us so it's pretty entertaining well great let's change well, weeds will drop it because i usually don't know so right right okay that, that was my in. question um well, and and he's pretty good at almost remembering and he slips it in somewhere right near the end of the show. I've, I've noticed. I think he keeps people in suspense all the way till the end. He does. Game. He does. But Mathis was kind of giving him crap because I think the last two races he's done it while basically after the uh, podium interviews at the very end. And he and and Steve didn't like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, we we haven't really talked about your race career. You've had a pretty historic race career, and I know Steve uh, Mathis has covered it quite a bit. I do have a few questions. They, they just he just he and uh, Wygant just did a big story on the uh, the '01 season, which was extremely memorable. Um, that had to be heartbreaking for you. But what did you take away from that that you maybe learned that helped you in future seasons? Um, you know, I think at that stage it was it was a big year in in, in quite a few aspects. Um, it, it was no longer that I was this, you know, up-and-coming kid and, you know, when you did better, everyone was happy. You know, all of a sudden, I, I was world champion and then I came to America. Now everything was new, the team, the bike, because in Europe, they have a handmade factory machine. So a lot of right. the parts were not production and the bike was wicked. I'll tell you what, when I won the world championship in 2000, you went on the KTM, I felt like you were certainly behind the eight ball because... Our bikes were just head and shoulders above, you know, the Japanese that year. And that was actually the main reason I signed with KTM was I thought it was the right decision. Mitch Payton was the first one that reached out to me. So I was almost going to sign with Cowie until um, KTM had first right of refusal. And that and then loyalty, I stuck with them. And then they ended up signing Mike Brown, who I'd been battling with GPs. And what was really funny was today – me and Mike Brown were battling on the track at surf across. <laughs> oh, like, wow. <laughs> 20 years later, we were still going at it. It was, it was pretty fun. Um, but, um, you know, just over the years, I just lost my train of thought. We were talking about. I, I, uh, I'd asked what you maybe took away from that, that helped you in the coming year, in the following years. Yeah. So, you know, being over here, things change. And then all of a sudden supercross became the main focus, like learning to ride whoops and, and, you know, without a linkage, it was tougher than I ever really sort of 
I, I guess when you're young, you don't think too in depth about a lot of these things. You're just young, like, yeah, we're doing well. And right. The team's cool and we're great. And we're going, we're doing things. And um, so Supercross was a little bit of a, an awakening. And then I had quite a few crashes, which I think, you know, just even just little crashes, like in the whoop and the bike tackled you and you had road rash and you had this and a sore back and a shoulder. And, and I didn't, I didn't um, feel like, even at Supercross, only when I was sort of healthy, I felt like I had a couple, you know, three really good races at the end there. And um, uh, I should have won two out of three, but, you know, but uh, at least I felt like, okay, I was getting healthy. And then when I went to the outdoors, I knew I was going to be good, but, um, you know, people were telling me there's no way you're going to beat Pastrana. And I think even, you know, as a, as a kid, I was still 18, and and obviously he was still the you know the young phenom and the American hero. Right. But you know when everyone tells you, oh yeah, good luck beating him. He's you know the best thing since sliced bread. I almost felt like the underdog and something to prove. And um, and then when I came out at Glen Helen, I'm not gonna lie, it felt really. So we we lost Grant Langston. He's having some signal issues. Probably he's saying maybe because of the fire out there. We'll try to get this done before you lose signal again. What were you saying about Glen Helen in 01? Well, it was, obviously that was great to get get uh, get a convincing victory out of the way at the opening round. It really helped make me feel comfortable going, okay, I am as fast as I thought I was. So uh, that was great. And then Hangtown went 1-1 again, and, and it felt good. But then... Um, had some in, uh, bike issues at uh, Mount Morris due to the, the mud. We got some water and electronics, um, and then it was Southwick. And that was where, um, when you said, what, I, what did I take away or what did I learn? I think that was one of those events um, where what I learned was is I was already, back then qualifying was, you know, fastest lap time for your, your gate position, you know, kind of how we have today. Yeah. Um, and um, I was already fastest, um, and but I felt like, oh man, I, I can go faster. You know, that wasn't even a, the you know a great lap. And probably just being young and dumb and just feeling like you know you're going to put it to everyone, or you know, you always think you can, if you can go fast, you're going to do it. And then yeah. uh, anyway, I went out and catapulted myself and separated my shoulder and cracked some ribs, and and that was the start of you know kind of the tough remainder of that series you know i was didn't race the next round um and then i lost a bunch of points to mike brown and and then i was battling with injury and and then um so you know really what i took away from it was at the time it was obviously devastating to lose the championship the way i did because you know i had it in the bag with two laps to go right even though i knew the wheel was coming apart because at first i thought it was a flat tire until i felt the wheel wobbling and i'm like that's a wheel. Yeah. And I was trying everything in my power to be, you know, not jump the jumps, land on the front wheel first. You know, I was, I, I really tried to salvage that. And then, um, when it came apart, it was, it was, it really was devastating. Um, you know, for me, it was like, felt like the worst day of my life by far. Um, but you know, looking back now, it, it, you grow from that. And, um, you know, 2003, I ended Championship and, and I felt like in 01 I was the best rider and the fastest rider, but I didn't win the championship. And then in 03, I was uh, really battling with uh, a wrist injury throughout the outdoor season, and I felt like, hey, yeah, I wasn't the best and the fastest rider all season, 
but I won the title. Right, I was right. there every weekend. I just didn't make the big mistakes. I didn't get hurt. I took seconds, thirds, fourths all day long, and and it happened. So, you know, you sort of learn. It's, you know, that old saying, the tortoise and the hare, you know, sometimes that old saying, steady wins a race. And, and, yeah. and, and, and you know, with doing announcing, even it's like with Tomac, <laughs> I think that's been something that he's had to learn himself is when you feel good, don't get carried away. You know, remind yourself, just stay focused. Cause I think sometimes for certain riders, when you get in the zone and you're like, man, I'm flying. This is almost seems easy. You're not concentrating 110%. So you almost let off because you get a little laxy daisy. And I think a lot of riders have been a bit that way, but, uh, you know, Owen is certainly a good, uh, a good character. And this, uh, are you there, Grant? You're breaking up real bad. Yes. Can you hear me? Now I can. Yeah, I just went out for a second. Hey, so my last question for you: um, You had talked about, you know, you you came from South Africa, you came to America, you're a foreigner. Um, I talked to uh, Marvin and Dylan at Muddy Creek about getting booed, that kind of stuff. They weren't really used to it. Um, did you have any experiences like that? Uh, I did. Um, especially <laughs> came together, made contact. I pushed him out of the way a couple of times. We had some good battles, mm-hmm. but the crowd certainly didn't like this foreigner beating up on the, on the golden boy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I learned quickly, if you take out Travis Pastrana, expect to be booed at the, the remainder of the, right. the season. It almost seemed like it took a while. I mean, I certainly had some fans from the get-go, and um, usually at least the people that met me realized, oh, okay, he's a decent guy. Exactly. So I, I didn't piss too many people off that way. It was usually how I rode or how I raced, but I was always born and bred to 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 do whatever it takes to win and and when you come from south africa sometimes you have to dig deep and hustle and you know those things just become part of the game yeah but that's how i raced and 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 you know you dish it you take it um some people think it's dirty some people say hey that's racing i've always said that's racing um but uh you know that's the way it goes yeah i was curious because um they they didn't like Dylan and Marvin didn't realize how bad it was for like John Michelle Bell. Well, in my well I think for them, you know, let's be honest. I think being French is like another X next to your name. <laughs> being foreign is one X. Being right. French is like a double X. So I think they they had that going against them. I think at least being South African, speaking English, and being you know sounding you know, more as people would say, Oh, good day, mate. Welcome <laughs> to America. I'm like wrong country. No, right, I'm not right. Australian. I'm South African, <laughs> but I, I get it. Everyone gets confused, but you know, at, at least when I came here, people couldn't, you know, just got me confused with either being British or Australian. But I think when you French people, you know, in America, let's be honest, we go back in history, the French and the Americans don't have the greatest of history. And then, sure. like you said, even when Bale was here, you know, Bale was a great rider. Oop. A lot of help with it made it seem like foreigners. Um, Grant, we're losing you again. You there? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's it's just get it's kind of getting worse. Hey, this is a perfect perfect reason to have you back on again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> 
It works for me. I, I haven't experienced this at my house. We have perfect service. Well, it probably is the fires, and unfortunately, there's a lot of that going on in California right now, and it hopefully uh, they'll get that handled here in the near future. They're burning down the you know, towers up on the hills. So. Right. Well, hey, the last thing I'm going to say to you before we let you go is, we, like I said, we just had Daniel Blair on, and he said to tell you, Code Red. Yes, that always works. I, I have no idea yeah, what that means, and I don't, don't think we means. need to. We don't, we don't need to, but we appreciate you coming <laughs> yeah. on and giving us your time. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Sorry about the connection. No, it's fine, Grant. We're honored to have you on, and it was really great meeting you. at uh, met you at Muddy Creek and then again at Millville. That was an honor, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Okay, Grant. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. All yes. good. Cheers. Yes, sir. All Cheers. Right, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go right to break and get back because we're running behind for – Grant uh, Langston's fault. <laughs> yeah, we got to get Tyler <laughs> right. on. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Shar at 936-828-1472 or email Shar, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Madjack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Amsoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Amsoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Amsoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X-Pod show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amazon Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Monster Energy Supercross, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225. 
or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickleware in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. All right, guys, we are back. That was uh, Grant Langston in the last segment. And up next is privateer Tyler Skodras. Tyler, what's up, man? Yeah, not much. Just getting my bike ready for the weekend. Yeah, you got. Th- are you going to make the the final three rounds? Uh, no, I'm doing Unadilla, then the final one at Ironman. Okay. Yeah. So, how has this uh, this season gone for you so far? I mean, what? How do you feel about your overall season? Um, it's been pretty good. Uh, definitely not the best. I'd like to be on the forty man gate at all of them, but uh, it's been going pretty good. I did. Colorado, Redbud, Millville, and now I'm going to be going to Unadilla and Ironman. And then I made, I came in as an alternate at Colorado, and okay. I got the second moto. Yeah. I got 33rd, I think. So that was pretty sweet. But the other two didn't have the best luck. Got to get better at the qualifying part. <laughs> How difficult is that for you when you when you line up and you just have that one qualifying race to get in? I mean, is that is that hard for you to you know to get going? Yeah, it definitely is. Like, uh, I mean, we have pretty short times to ride, like two 15-minute practices, and I think 10 minutes are timed in each of them. So, it's a short, it's a short practice to get the track down and kind of get going. So, then you go into if like you don't make it, you have to get to the LCQ, and right, that's just an all-out sprint. <laughs> so when you, so coming off of like like turning from amateur to pro. What was something like, like, is that what like caught you off guard was the whole, uh, or, or, or a big change was qualifying time practice. Kind of walk us through that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm still struggling with it <laughs> in a way, <laughs> but, uh, I've been, I guess I've been racing pro now for since 2014. So coming off that, like I did, that was my first year in a class. I got my card. And got to race Millville, which is kind of like a local race for me from being in Wisconsin. And, like, just getting out there and, like, for practice and just sending it's pretty crazy. It's it's hard to figure it out, for sure. Yeah, I would think so. That's, I mean, just to get out there and know you got to go. Then, there, you know, yeah. you only have a few laps, probably clean laps you're going to get in in the practice, qualifying, and that's, that. I don't know. I've never had to do something like that, so I'm not sure how I'd react. You know, amateur racing, you just go line up and race. You know, I haven't had to qualify to get into anything. Yeah, I mean, racing, I don't know. I guess I'd be more of a racer in my eyes. Like, to go out and do the same thing in practice is 
pretty hard. I'm trying to figure it out <laughs> the best I can. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your history. Like, was was your dad into moto? Or, I mean, did you just have some buddies? How'd you get into it? Um, well, growing up, like, my dad rode before I was born. And then uh, he got my brother into it. And my brother rode around our, like, property. We have a farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was, like, probably 12 or 13, he got into racing and kind of just had fun with it. And he slowly got pretty good. And he... He did like a lot of arena cross and stuff because there's a lot around back when he he raced. So he raced like the A class and like I guess the pro class in arena cross. And then when I was four, I started racing with him, and he pretty much took me everywhere with him, and definitely helped me a lot to get to where I am with just riding with him and his friends. Which he's he's a lot older than me. He's in his 30s now, so I was a lot younger and just chasing them around. Right, definitely helped. And and who were your idols growing up in the in the pro scene? Who'd you look up to? Um, probably like when I was really young, it would have been like Ricky Carmichael. And then once Villapoto turned pro, I really liked how he rode and like just his lines and stuff. I I loved watching him ride. Yeah, he he's definitely one of the guys that like for some reason I was never a Carmichael guy. Like I was a Stewart, you know, McGrath in my my teenage years, and then Stewart and. Uh, Villapoto, but I was never a Carmichael guy. Yeah, Carmichael kind of just killed it, so I'm sure I just liked him yeah. for that. <laughs> so, yeah, you said you liked watching RV ride. RV had, like, some of the worst style. Like, you could not teach somebody <laughs> to ride fast the way that he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he definitely rode different, but just, like, how he used the track I kind of liked, I guess. Like, me and my brother would watch, and he'd always just tell me, like, how he's, like, always on the side. Like, just the edges were, like, the smoother lines. and yeah. I don't know, it was pretty sweet watching him ride outdoors, I thought. Yeah, there's no doubt the guy was insanely talented. Still is insanely talented. Yeah. <laughs> For me, something about his attitude when he was like first came into the 125s, I don't remember. There was some interview he did, and I just didn't really care for the way he was, and and I never really let that go. He was always one of the guys <laughs> I didn't enjoy. But So basically, uh, Darkseid's saying he holds a grudge. Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he definitely wasn't the – happiest person racing I guess. right right but now he is <laughs> well so you've been chasing the this nationals and have you done supercross also no um okay. i had i had a few injuries since i turned pro i guess so mm-hmm. like i mean i kind of just missed a few winners where being in wisconsin it's hard to actually get going in the sure. winter too because we got a foot of snow usually but uh this year is kind of like that's the plan i want to do the I have to get my points to do it, and I think they're doing that through the Supercross Amateur Day. So they are. Ho- hopefully, get a 250, and then uh, do that because I haven't had a 250 since I was an amateur. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bigger kid, so. What well, you mentioned that there's a bunch of arena crosses up that way. I mean, do you, have you had some experience doing that? So do you have any semi Supercross experience? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I was a kid, like. 60s and 80s and stuff we did a lot of that right kind of just went to the outdoor thing chasing loretta's and doing all that so and going to school in the winter it was hard to actually get to all those yeah but uh well yeah i mean we do a lot of fair racing up here too in the summer so i gotta tell me what that is because i've heard a lot of people talk about we don't have that down here i hear a lot of people mention fair races like yeah justin brayton and a lot of the guys tell me what a fair race is so like you you know like a carnival i guess sure, yeah and then 
they'll set up like where they would do like tractor pulls or something. I don't know if you know what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so like they'd set up like a little semi arena cross slash supercross track with like safer stuff, I guess, for like amateurs and uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. And they'll put like a pretty good purse in it, like three grand for the night or whatever. Oh, wow. So you get a lot of like the locals that are pretty local people that'll come out and it's just bar banging, I guess. And is it just like a, a, a pro and intermediate class or is it all, all classes? Um, it used to be more just like a pro class thing, but now like, um, and I don't know, like the Woodstock MX team for arena cross, you know anything about them? Mm-mm. No, I haven't heard about them. Okay. Well, like they have a team in arena cross and it's a dealership and they put on a, a series in, uh, Northern Illinois and it's like a fair track. Okay. So like they, they kind of made it more safer for all classes and all classes race it. So it's pretty sweet for younger kids to race under the lights and stuff too. So it's like a, so uh, most of those fair races are like small arena crosses, but it's not a series, just random races. Yeah. Just random races. And that's cool. Good money at it. So it's pretty sweet. It's kind of what I assumed it was. Cause it seems like, a few years ago, they did something like that here where we live in Texas. I know that we have a dirt track, Lone Star Speedway, and probably 15 years ago, they had like a motocross night one night, but not, yeah. we don't get a lot of the fair race. We don't get any fair races. I and mean, the every, fair, everything the fair right comes here is... to town, but it's not, no motor. <laughs> they don't have the races at them. No. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. It's definitely sweet for people to come watch, too, because yeah. you can see the whole track, and it's real tight racing, so it's, it's awesome for that. Yeah. Around like here, cool. pretty much everything is series races anyway. Yeah. So you can't really just – they don't have just random races. But we have a lot of tracks, and we don't have the winners you do either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, within, within, what, two hours from here, we probably got eight tracks. Yeah, somewhere so, in that neighborhood. Plus all yeah. the, the private tracks. And... Yep. So, hey, Tyler, um, what's one change you would like to see done in – let's just take nationals that would help somebody like you, a privateer chasing the dream, you know, trying to make it week to week. What's something that would make things better for you? Um, probably cost. I mean, it's pretty expensive to chase them. I mean, everyone has to pay the same, I guess, but it is pretty pricey to do it with getting like your card and yeah, signing up for each round. So, I mean, if they brought cost down, but then probably payout would be less too in a probably. way. So. And payouts but, are already not enough in nationals. Yeah, yeah it's not too good. <laughs> no. How about but, a, how about a guy like Garrett Schlego with PrivateerLife.mx? Are you on that program? I've heard about it. I haven't gotten in that program, but from what I heard, that guy he helps out a lot. Yeah. So when Definitely. we get off the phone, I'm going to send you his info, and you text him, and he'll get you set up. And it, it, there's nothing to it, man. And you know, um, yeah, it didn't take anything. Mason Kerr was on last week. He's won. He's one. Yeah, you're, we were that? talking about him at Millville. Yeah, I was looking for him because he, he we as a show had donated a hundred dollars. What um, Garrett does is he does a drawing for all the privateers that are going to be at a particular round, and he draws a name every week, and they win a hundred dollars from like we donated a hundred, Pulps donated a hundred, bunch of other places, and then he has other sponsors that donate money. So he's just basically he's trying to help the privateers out, and if you get on the program like you're going this weekend, hit him up. He'll put you in the drawing if he hasn't done it already, and you might win some money back, you know, and at least try to cover your your entry or whatever, you know, gas. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's yeah, a, that would definitely help. <laughs> it's a really rad program, man. And uh, yeah, as soon as we get off the phone, I'll I'll send you Garrett's info, and he'll get you taken care of. 
yeah that definitely just like cost it's crazy to kind of chase them all and yeah. yeah well how do you train during the week you know do you have a regular job or are you what's your situation week to week um well i like help my dad out and do stuff with him he does carpentry i help okay. him out when i can but like right now i'm kind of just training and riding as much as i can right now because in the middle of the season and everything trying to be the best i can yeah but, i can uh, understand but there's a few tracks and people i try to ride with like uh Taylor Strauss, he does the national, some of them with me, and Cody Williams, and a few other people we do, like, during the week, we try to ride, like, together a few times a week, which helps a lot, because they're good riders, and it pushes each of us to go faster, and then, I don't know, most of my training, I do a lot of, like, road biking and running just around my house okay. to get going, but that's about it, I try to do motos as much as I can. And then who's your crew? Who goes with you from each round? Is it different people, or do you have a, a set mechanic, uh, or how do you handle that? Yeah, um, I have a set mechanic, which he's, like, my best friend, and we grew up. We went to school together, and we ride together, and he uh, helps me out at all the races, which is awesome. So that helps a lot because he doesn't make me pay him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So as of right now, though, you are planning on trying to do some of the amateur races to get your points in uh, for Supercross. Yeah, for sure. Um, as long as I get a 250F and uh, once it all, because they don't even have it posted yet on where it's going to be and everything. So hopefully, like some of the Midwest will have enough to where I could do it instead of having to travel like out west or anything. Yeah, I think Crazy there's going to be eight of them. Yeah, we're we're hearing yeah. eight. So I mean, yeah, they they should be some around you and. I'm, yeah, well, I'm sure A one's gonna be one. I'm, I, yeah. I bet anything on that one. Yeah, I'm sure they'll probably do three on the West Coast, two to three on the West Coast for sure. Yeah, and then the rest would wouldn't be bad for me to travel to. It's just getting getting riding beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I can go south or something. Yeah, just let let us know or hit me up or or dark side here or whatever with the with the information. We may be able to help you out with a place to crash or whatever if you want to come down this winter and train or something along those lines yeah that'd be awesome yeah. i've never been to texas <laughs> well it's hot as hell but we got a lot of good <laughs> yeah. tracks and yeah. you know we got a lot of buddies down here that do ride supercross we're real good friends with john short and um scotty winterstrom and yep. i would assume that if we put the feelers out we could probably find you a place to ride if you want to come down for dallas or houston yeah that'd be sweet i'd like to that's definitely my goal for the winter is to do that because, I mean, it's a junior supercross. <laughs> cool. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Well, Tyler, it was really cool running into you at uh, Millville and, and getting a chance to visit with you and have you on tonight. You said this was your first time on a podcast. so <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely pretty sweet to do this. Broke that podcast, yeah, it was nice Jerry. nice you guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. It's We, we uh, love the privateers. You're the backbone of the sport, and um, we uh, we hope to see you do well this next weekend. I'll be pulling for you. Thanks a lot. That means a lot. Absolutely, Tyler. Well, you have a good night, and um, yeah, we'll, get, too. we'll get you back on here come Supercross season and see how that's going. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Okay, Tyler. Right. Take care, man. Have a good night. You Bye. too. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Cool. Another privateer. Another guy chasing the dream. Man, those guys work so hard to, yeah. for so little. Yeah. Before I we, mean, wow. Before we go into this uh, next break, we got to do our Amsoil four-stroke giveaway i was supposed to do it a couple of weeks ago and i did after millville and i didn't i just it. thought you kept it i just thought you decided it was for you no no i wouldn't do that man i don't try to steal the products for the 
listeners like you do with Blake Baggett's helmet. That was just Blake Baggett's helmet. Right, right. That's why I had to take it and take it home. But <laughs> no, so we, we're, we're doing another AMS, uh, four-stroke Amsoil giveaway. And I'm thinking what we're going to do is I want you, again, on Instagram or Twitter, um, post a picture Post a picture of something to do with Amsoil. Tag three of your friends, and they have to follow us, and they have to follow Dane at Amsoil. Um, I'll probably post something about it here in a little while because I don't have it all straight in my mind exactly what I want to do, but I'm going to post something on Instagram, on the show Instagram page, probably tomorrow, and we'll figure out how we're going to give this one away. But be looking for that on the Moto X Pod Show's Instagram. Yeah, and it's great product so definitely yeah. we definitely want to pay attention for that because how can you turn down free great product i mean so well you make, can't that's what i'm saying so it's <laughs> awesome so yeah we want to thank dane evans at, with amsoil mad jack synthetics but uh yeah be looking at our at the moto x pod instagram probably tomorrow and i'll put something up about how we're going to do that so and then the other thing i want to mention is last week we did the drawing for all the patreon listeners for the signed memorabilia that we were giving away and craig martin won one of the eli tomac gloves and he because he's an industry guy craig was nice enough to donate that back so i'm going to draw another name haven't done it yet and um i'll mention that next week whoever wins that and we will be getting those things out pretty soon i'm still waiting on a couple of things I'm to waiting come on in. one product to come in the guy that owns the, the company was at loretta's last week and didn't have time to ship anything but soon guys soon it's coming Anyway, going to another break, and we'll be back with our last guest of the night, Jay Reynolds with Nitro Arena Cross. We're back with our last guest of the night. He's been on a couple times before. He's Jay Reynolds with Nitro Arena Cross, and he is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing fork seals, so ask your local motorcycle shop about Shock Socks. Or go to burnmotorsports.com, and you can also find them and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. Jay Reynolds, what's up, buddy? How are you, buddy? Doing good, man. Doing good. Hey, hey, i got to say something, though, about Shock Socks. I've got them on my bike. Well, Do, well, hey, then, well, everybody should. Everybody, I thought everybody did. I thought that was just. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. I would assume they do, but I, I absolutely <laughs> do. Save my fork seals all day long. Heck, um, look at that sponsor so, plug. Look at Jay just throwing the sponsor plug right. out there. That's awesome. Do you know? Do you know Shan very well? I know Shan really well. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And I'm not saying that because I know Shan. They're on the bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Shan's a good guy, and he's a uh, he's been our he was our first an original sponsor, and yeah, we love Shan Garcia. Yep, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Jay, it's uh, it's not far off. the The next the new season of Nitro Arena Cross is coming, and you have all kinds of uh, new highlights for this season. You mentioned transponders and team racing and regional championships. Why don't you fill us in on all these new uh, new innovations that you're bringing? Oh, absolutely. You know, we're uh, you know, as we know, the 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 Amsoil Arena Cross Tour, you know, dropped you know they dropped out and left a void. And with that, we decided it was time um, that we uh, make another step up. And um, we did that in in well in three different ways. One, we're coming out with uh, full on uh, full on transponder scoring. That's awesome. Um, 
along with that, with Lifetime MX, uh, we'll have it uh, available on an app on your phone, so anybody at home can follow. Is that? Uh, or, excuse me. Are those transponders? Yeah. Is it the same ones that like the kids mm-hmm. we could run at the nationals, like with the MyLaps and it. all that? It, awesome. It is a it is MyLaps X2 transponders. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Yep. So we're making the step up to do that. That wasn't, and that's not an inexpensive option. We're, uh, we're, we're making that, making that leap. And I think what that will do is tremendously, uh, tremendously step up the game. Um, and, uh, just for everybody from the potential of having, you know, um, having qualifying, uh, through lap times in the future, uh, to people being able to know what's going on, you know, one of the challenges with arena cross or any motocross race um, for for the for the fans or anybody is knowing what's up next and what race yeah. and who's on, who's on the track, right? For sure. So that completely solves one of the biggest issues with us going forward um, is is doing that. And quite frankly, motocross, you know, is we looked at it and we said every single major series out there, major amateur series, runs transponders. Yeah. It's the, it's the future, I guess, of, of, of it scoring. It is. Uh, I mean, everybody everybody from stock cars to go-karts to, to RC cars are doing it, and motocross is just a little bit behind. Um, so we decided that, uh, that that's where we need to be. We are, in, we are now a national uh, major series. So um, that was the step that we decided to take. I like it, man. I, I, tell me, I want to know more about this team racing though, because I, I team racing, I think, is just a really cool way to just to have some fun with your buddies. Usually, so I want to know what the details of this is. Yeah. So I was talking to Rodney Berryhill, you know, at OMC Park. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and he used to be a big BMX racer, and and I've been I'm, and we last year we started having a lot of teams form within our series. Um, the G3 racing team and some of the some of the different products uh, products that uh, companies that are there started bring you know teams started forming. I thought, what could we do? And I was talking to Rodney, and he said, "Man, whenever we raced BMX, everybody had teams, okay. um, and we had shop teams." So we got to talk, and I said, "What if we had?" Um, I said, "How did you do that?" And he said, "Well, you'd have four to five people on a team. Doesn't matter the class. So you can have so the way it's going to work." is you can have a kid on a 50, uh, you know, you can have five, a, a woman's class rider, a another kid on a 50. They can be any class they want, four racers with an alternate in case somebody gets hurt. Um, you sign up at the very beginning, and uh, so the points are associated with the rider, not the class. Right. So, so as many class, if you can imagine it, as many classes as you can run, the better you do. The more the more classes you run, and the better you do in those classes. Of course, the more points you're going to get. Okay. So, like with us, we're uh, me and my son are kind of involved with the G3 racing team. So we could have you could have a rider that rides the pro class, the C class, the amateur, the youth. I guess like 85 yep. class. And so, does it have to be the same rider every round, or is it just the four riders that you pick for that round? Well, okay, that's max points to four riders. So, yeah. right? So, every round is associated to those four riders, whatever right. you pick at the beginning. Does okay, at sense? the beginning of the series or the beginning yeah. of the night? I got you. At the beginning of the series. It's not based on a day, it's based on the whole series. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. 
And uh, so another what some of the benefits are the top six in points, as you know, in arena cross, there's only X amount of really good pit spots right um, inside or everybody wants the one that's closest to the front or whatever. So we're going to take the top six teams in points and give them the option if, uh, to have the to have those pit spots first. You know, cool. and people who haven't been to to a lot of the this indoor racing that Jay puts on. There's going to be some cutthroat stuff after those pit spots. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. you're, going to, you're going to cause some some people to really want to win. I'm just saying that. Well, and think about the support too. How often is it during a long season that uh, Dad, TJ, you can't get off work or whatever, right? And so you've got to send. Let's say you've got it's not your son because he's probably pretty well adept at it. But let's say it's a 50 or 65 cc son, and they've got to and they've got to go, and Mom's got to take him. And mom doesn't know, you know, doesn't, you know, isn't as good at, you know, whatever it is, mechanical issues right. as the, as a dad. So now they have, so now you're also building in teams that can support those people being able to go and do what they love. Yeah, that, that thing's really cool. I, I love the fact that you keep trying to, you know, not reinvent, but just to upgrade your series. Like you're not just settling with what you've had last year, the year before, the year before that, you, you're trying to find other ways to improve, and that shows that you really want this thing to work. Well, every year, yeah, I appreciate that. I really do, and and it's in the racers. It's about them. It really is. Um, our staff loves being around the racers. We've had the same, a pretty consistent staff for the last ten years, right. especially the last. And, um, and, and I don't even have to usually ask them to come back. Right. They're, they're ready to come back. They're independent contractors and they're ready to come back and do what they want and do what they love. And, uh, so, you know, we appreciate that a lot. Well, something that you brought up uh, that we are talking about, the new thing is the, is regional champions and the regions being a little, like a lot smaller where they're within a few States. I think, especially for down here, up north, they do a lot more arena cross. But I think being able to do that here, because I, I've, I believe it, like the the like the southern, I guess you say south the southwestern area that we're going to be in, south, the western. I can't remember what region it is. I was. You're actually at, you yeah. You're actually west. The west technically yeah. It may not be west, but that's how it divided <laughs> yeah, out. West. When we divided it out on the map, yeah. that was actually the most west. Yeah. yeah so um, that's going to be that, that's really neat because. A lot of guys, like I mean, even here, like 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 Darkside here, doesn't have the the time or the money to travel all the way up to sure. you know to yeah. Indiana and all that kind of stuff yep. to or, or wherever it is. And those regional championships are gonna they're gonna be kind of coveted, I think. Yeah, so that's you talk about innovating and and listening to what other people want. We had done this two years ago, and it worked real well up north. So, you know, in your, they're in Texas, for example. I mean, you have the choices. So if you go through West, we also did a lot of multiple areas. So it starts with Little Rock, Arkansas. That's all areas come together. North, South, all, all three are North, East, and West all come together. Okay. Then, um, then the next race is Jackson, Mississippi, which by, if you draw a map to it, I mean, if you draw, I mean, if you, it's actually closer than going to Kansas City for you guys. So I added that as an option um, for maybe somebody who's uh, uh, down on that line on the on the Louisiana, you know, in the Louisiana area. They sure. can go back or forth. Um, then Claremore, Oklahoma, which is basically Tulsa, huge, by the way, amazing venue. 
that place. Uh, it, it isn't the prettiest, most incredible building, but the dirt and the track is absolutely second to none. I'd put it up against any arena cross track in the nation. Right. Um, we've been there for eight years now, and we can the dirt's in there. It's unlimited, virtually unlimited dirt. And uh, Tracy and Chris uh, just do amazing, amazing things with that. So that's part, part of your region as an option. And then you get right in your right in where you're at with Austin, Texas, which, by the way, is not on Texas Winter Series date. Just so you know, I'm okay. I like yep. that. I mean, that, hold on. Before we go, before you move forward, we can't even get the local track owners series to actually plan around each other. But Jay, who's not even like not even from right here, makes sure he's not on. There's that. only one track that does not. Want I'm just to saying work we just can't get guys. We just can't get everybody well, out here that. to work yeah. together. That yeah. is awesome. Well, then we go to the next one, which I and I did. Have, it took it really took a lot of work to get every date swung around that Texas winter series for you guys down there. The next <laughs> one, it really, because these buildings don't have so much availability, sure. right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's not like you just go in and say, Hey, Hey guys, uh, number one, it's hard to get them to rent to you unless you've been doing this for a while. And, and you got to have, and number two, they have only X amount of available dates. And the next one is we're coming back to Mesquite to the Mesquite rodeo arena Saw that on January 25th and 26th. And uh, non-Texas Winter Series date. <laughs> and uh, um, then we roll. Then the next one is at the World Championships Arena Cross in Tunica. So um, so that's the whole. That's your whole West Series, right? That, that, that's the whole West Series. Nice, uh, fairly tight region. You've got to run eight races out of those. And each weekend has two races. So that's 14 opportunities. It's either 12 or 14 opportunities for that region, and you and you have to run eight to be qualified for the end of season points. Yeah, that's that's really – you've done your homework, man. I think that's really fantastic. I'm glad you're back in Mesquite because last year you missed it. Um, so, yeah, definitely I'm looking forward to making a few of these. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to do the award ceremony. Check this out. We're going to do the award ceremony so, ceremony in Nashville at the because they're having a, they're having Supercross. It's going to be on the morning of Supercross, and oh, okay. I'm hoping that they will have uh, Amateur Day there also on Sunday, so everybody can come. Has a reason to come. That would uh, be really cool. Race, come do the award ceremony Saturday morning. Go to track party. Go to go to Supercross, and then go to. Uh, and then roll on over and shoot. I'm bringing my bike. If they're having, I'm, I'm going to race the plus forty class just so I said I did it. Heck yeah! Well, if I'm off, I'm definitely going to be there. We, I know that we're going to try to hit all of those amateur races as soon as the schedule decides to come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that, that's that's awesome. So yeah, cool. so yeah, just different opportunities. The other one, other cool thing about the regional racing is. What, what last year a lot of what happened is we had the same kids racing the same ki- same kids at all all the time yeah and that's why we doubled up some of these regions so right there at Little Rock you'll have all these different fast kids from different areas racing against each other and then all the way back here and out back here at Tunica Mississippi uh, they all come together and and TJ you your boy your son was there and it was just a I heard nothing but good I you know it was it was really cool with everybody coming together well, I'll there. say straightforward when we first started the arena cross doc didn't want anything to do with it I remember that and by the end of the series he's like can't wait for this there are two the 2018 series to start so <laughs> he's done something right is what I got to say 
Well, appreciate it a lot. Appreciate it a lot. Well, Jay, it, so, was, yeah. go, it, was, it was good having you on. We're going to wrap the show up now, but, um, man, we really look forward to getting you back on as the series kicks off, and we can kind of talk about how some of these changes, you know, the, did they have the effect you wanted or, or, or how things are mm-hmm. going. Sure. Sounds great. Appreciate you guys having me on and doing what you do. And and everybody wants to check it out. Go ahead and give out all your social media and website info f- for all the listeners sure. to check it out. You can find everything through Nitro Arena Cross. You find that on uh, Instagram, on uh, Facebook. A Facebook, uh, uh, Facebook group is now the about the only way to really communicate in Facebook. So we have started a Facebook called Nitro Arena Cross Rocks. Okay. So Nitro Arena Cross Rocks, if everybody will go like that, um, then the algorithm works in that, whereas it doesn't work on a, fa- on a, on a business page anymore. So, um, and on uh, NitroArenaCross.com. That's where they can find us, and we encourage us to go. $5, by the way, back-to-school special this month of August. Anybody that signs up, they save 5 bucks. If anybody wants to buy tickets, I think they roll out in, in a week, and there'll be $5 off every ticket in every market. And That's that, awesome. And there's a code there. Last thing, and that's uh, and the code for that is AX is alive. AX is alive. I like that. Well, thanks a lot, Jay. We really appreciate you come for coming on and giving our little show some time. And uh, look forward to uh, hopefully hitting a bunch of those races this year. Fantastic. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right, Jay. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. That's Jay Reynolds with Nitro Arena Cross. Man, I'm telling you, if y'all haven't been to one of his events, and and y'all know how cheap I am. Anybody listens, anybody who's listened this <laughs> got this deep into the show knows just exactly how cheap I am. It's worth the money. The guy puts in so much work, so much time and effort. And like you said, he's not just sitting back on his laurels saying, "Hey, my series is awesome." He's constantly yeah, it's innovating. Not, it's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's got a like whether whether you like promoters or you like this whatever, he's got a top-notch deal, so it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. He's a really nice guy. I met him just the one time and yeah, he he obviously he loves the sport. He loves doing what he's doing. He he cares about his employees and he's putting on a good show. So yeah, check it out if it comes to your area. I will repost the calendar for the for the series yeah. tonight or tomorrow. And yeah, check it out. Follow Nitro Arena Cross and all the social media pages. Another great show. Yeah. Um, I just got a text from Vanessa O'Brien with Kawasaki, and it sounds like we're gonna get. That surprise guest that we talked about when I wanted a McDouble last week. Oh, what? I, I don't know the, what you're talking about, the sir. The McDouble, that guy that may, anyway. Yeah. We, that guest may be coming through in the next couple weeks. It has to be at least more than three weeks away. Well, because, uh, I don't know. Actually, don't. It's don't. Be what whenever, it is. whenever it happens. Yeah. If I'm not here, it's how it yeah. works. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> um, patreon.com, search out Moto X Pod. Please contribute, help us out. Guys, thanks so much for supporting the show. We appreciate every one of you guys, and we will talk to you next week. All right, man.